many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? So in today's episode, I have the pleasure of welcoming back a great teacher, sound healer, someone I consider an expert on all things transformative, Ben Carroll. Ben, how are you, my friend? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me back on here. Welcome. Very welcome to have you back. You're actually the first repeat guest that I've ever had. So um, you're the first the first two timer, whatever that's worth. (laughs) But no, I wanted to have you back on at this time, especially right now at this point in the year. Um, You know, this year has been a very turbulent one. And you know, it's coming to an end. And it's got some pretty interesting celestial events going on with the winter solstice coming up. Um, is actually an eclipse today, December 14th, the day that we're recording this. And also on the solstice, we have the, the great conjunction happening. And there's a lot of a lot of different energetic type of things behind that. And we've been talking a lot on the podcast lately about how important energies are, that everything in physical reality is just energy at its basic fundamental parts. But, um, you know, there's the, the especially like the eclipse that's going on today. What's the... Um, What's the general consensus on the energies that usually follow inside of an eclipse? Um, I mean, I just know my personal experiences, you know, the, the past few days, I've definitely been more, more charged and just in, in more connected than I've, I've been in a little while. So I, I, from a personal perspective, I can definitely feel that. Um, it's, it's obvious. And I've, I've, you know, kind of noticed that in the past house certain times and it, Certain times it lines up that um, I become a little bit more connected during specific things that are going on. And sometimes just randomly, probably things going on that I don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) You went down to, um, you went down south and you were right in the path of the 2017 eclipse, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I was right down um, west, southwest of Asheville, right in the line, right southwest of Asheville, North Carolina. And it was awesome, man. It was, it was really cool to actually see that, to experience that just the way. It was, it was impressive. <laughs> There's another one coming up. I think it's like 2024, 20, 23. I think it's in a few years. I know that it's going to go right through like Northern Vermont. So we'll have to make yeah. sure we go chase that one. Yep. Northern Vermont. I think some of way up there in Maine, maybe. Yeah. I, I actually just saw that recently. But yeah. Up there in, in Vermont where it's going through. Also, I've, I've been there a few times and it's a gorgeous place. So be a good vacation regardless (laughs) yeah maybe we'll have to go chase that one down together because the one that's happening today is i think just viewable in africa i think that's the only place you can actually see that one but still the energy from those from what i read really the energy behind like a solar eclipse was was perfect metaphorically for this point of 2020 how crazy this year has been but they talk about how it's like a it's like a time where our view forward 
is obscured, just like the the sun's rays are obscured. And it causes us to, to pause and reflect on the current moment so we can kind of redefine, you know, almost like take stock of where we are currently so that we can better mm. define where we're going to go going forward. And I'm like, wow, that's that's like a perfect point where most people kind of need to to, to look up yeah. at the sky and say, you know, what's it trying to show me? And I think we could all take stock right now, especially the people who've had a tough time this year. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's definitely pretty exactly what we need right now. It's, it, it, you know, with, with a lot of this stuff, the way things tend to work out, it, it feels like the universe has our back. <laughs> um, you know, with, with moving through these higher energies right now, after after all this craziness that's gone on through, through all of 2020, uh, moving through this on the 14th through the through the solar eclipse moving up into the solstice and actually having what are the odds of the uh the great conjunction happening on the solstice the closest those two have been together in 800 years apparently saturn and um and jupiter that's wild. um yeah it's it's really crazy and of all years for that to happen it it would be it would be an, an amazing coincidence for it to happen on the solstice at any point but for it to happen in 2020 <laughs> that's just uh pretty cool yeah we usually have a, a few different eclipses every year and i guess this was the only solar eclipse that happened this year and you know i say there's no coincidences in the universe there's no coincidences in life and to have it a week before the solstice and then on the solstice as well you have that huge celestial event it's just kind of a cool lineup of, of all these different things and to me too the it's sort of i'm not really like much of a religious person more spiritual than than anything mm -hmm. and you know christmas has still always been special you know growing up as a kid christmas has always been kind of a big thing but as the years have gone on i've almost used like the solstice as my sort of christmas new year you know end of the year sort of take stock and kind of like celebrate around it and it's just coincidental that all these things are kind of coming to a head this year of all years at that same time frame where the, you know, the sun goes to its farthest point south and the year kind of starts over and it's like a fresh start on everything. Definitely. And, you know, where we're at right now, it, you know, not even just in terms of 2020, 2020, I believe is just a, a symptom. All of humanity, not just humanity, our whole solar system is, is going through a shift, an energetic shift. Um, it's affecting all the planets in our solar system. It's affecting the sun. Um, it's affecting Earth specifically as a planet, but all life on Earth as well. And there's lots of evidence about there, even just on a scientific physical level. But on an energetic level, I think that's the ultimate cause of it all. That's, to me, I believe, you know, all we're seeing are symptoms, but the root of what's going on, I believe, is that energetic shifting that we're that we're ramping up into, and we've been moving slowly into for for a while. But I, I believe that we're kicking it into high gear right now. So, like in the last episode that we talked, I believe it was back in June of 2020, the first time you were on, and you were on here telling your story about where you come from from the rock and roll life and where you are at now. Um, that was actually episode 35, if anybody wants to go back and check that out. But you had mentioned something in that episode, I remember, about um, that we're actually like moving through a band of like energetic, um, a, like a field of, of something that's different energetically with, with where we're moving through the galaxy and stuff. What did you mean when you were talking about that one? Because I was fascinated to dive into that a little bit more and we glazed right past it. And I wish during that episode, I'm like, <laughs> go deeper on that one, Ben, but I totally forgot about it. Yeah, that's something that I've been talking about for years, um, this this shift and 
the fact that we were starting to move into in the way I've always talked about it, or I'll talked about it a lot at events is talking about somatics and all that, which I believed I talked about in the past podcast, but moving, moving on a, uh, a galactic scale, our place in the, in the solar system, we're actually literally moving into a higher frequency uh, band of energy that runs through runs through the galaxy. You know, if the galaxy is swirling here, there's a band of high frequency energy, high frequency en energy being um, emitted out of the center sun of of the um, of the galaxy. You know, which is a black hole, which is Sagittarius A. There's a there's um, my teachings and things that I've learned and lots of things from our past point to, I mean, there's, there's, it's hard to put into one brief sentence, but as far as the energy goes, there's a band of energy that comes out of the, uh, this, the center of the galaxy and through, through just the galactic revolution, you know, our solar system, all the planets are traveling around the sun, but then we're also all traveling all the gal all the uh, solar systems in the galaxy are um, rotating around the center sun. And as we move through, we move through this band of higher frequency energy twice, once here, and then we come back around and once there. And that's a cycle we're on. And I should also say, I don't think it's a static cycle because the same way we're not sitting in space moving around the sun, we're shooting through the universe. And a lot of people have probably seen the video of all the planets spiraling as the sun shoots through the, through the, uh, through the universe. The galaxy, I'm sure, is doing the same thing, moving in that toroidal flow. But the, um, the higher frequency energy band, this, this whole cycle, first of all, is uh, from our perspective on Earth, is something that's been called the procession of the equinoxes, because from our perspective, looking out at the stars, we see the different celestial objects taking different places in the sky and the earth it actually wobbles with through this whole cycle. Um, larger wobble on top of the little wobble that it does every year. <laughs> um, and as we, as we get to the point where we start to move into these higher frequency energies, our consciousness it starts to open up and starts to expand. And I believe that's exactly what's going on right now. I believe that the universe, if not it, our, our galaxy, if not the whole universe is basically just a consciousness machine for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, putting it in terms of, of 3D humanity. It's a consciousness machine where we, where we cycle up into this higher frequency energy. Our, our consciousness expands and we have a golden age of connected um, civilization, you know, like what's been said has happened in Lemuria and Atlantis probably 13,000 years ago, last time we were in that cycle. And then consciousness fell as we moved out of that. We moved back into a, a long period of dark ages. And then we're moving into this cycle again, where we're moving into a lot of people have been talking about the, the golden age of humanity that we're moving into. And that's exactly what it is. It has to do with moving into uh, a space of higher frequency within within our galaxy where it actually affects our consciousness because we are all, you know, we're all energy frequency vibration. That's what we are. That's all we are. That's everything that we see. We just filter it through our perceptions in order to in order to make reality the livable way it is in 3D. But um, yeah, as we are able to, uh, as, as we're subjected to these energies, we're ramping up and our consciousness is starting to open up. And this is where I've talked about somatics in the past and how, you know, 
when you have um, you have a frequency that has been the resonant frequency and it's holding a specific pattern, but then you start to raise that frequency up, all of the particles or whatever it is that you're looking at starts to move into a place of chaos and everything is starting to readjust until you get to the point where you hit that next resonant frequency and then instantaneously everything just snaps in and everything is moving and flowing in a, uh, a pattern, a, a specific vibrational pattern, a pattern that's held by vibration. I think, you know, that's, that's somatics, but I think that's that our, uh, our consciousness and everything else is also functioning in, in the same way. It's all, it's all energy and vibration. Yeah. <laughs> and, as, <laughs> and as it will know, it was a good ramble. <laughs> we, uh, what I've noticed when I've looked into some of the things on cymatics is that like the higher the frequencies get, the more complex the patterns have gotten. And it's almost kind of like, mm. like when you look at the way that the sand moves, it kind of resembles a snowflake. And I know that when they talk mm. about the science of water, depending on the frequencies they would play in water and freeze it, the crystals would get more and more complex. And then the lower the frequencies, you know, if they played something that was heavy metal or stuff that had hate in it, it would, it would really freeze in like irregular patterns. And yeah. yeah. And it's not just the, uh, the physical auditory frequency. It's, it's the emotional resonance of it. Cause that's the true underpinning frequencies that, that really matter. But yeah, just that space of, uh, higher, higher frequencies. I mean, we all intuitively know what's higher frequency. You know, we can all pretty much probably agree that, you know, love is a higher vibration than hate. And, you know, you can see the, you're talking about the, the ice crystals, which was, which is really, really cool stuff. Uh, Dr. Emoto's work was, was just phenomenal, but seeing how the, um, the things that we already intuitively know to being higher vibration form these beautiful ice crystals and things that we already intuitively know are low vibration form more chaotic kind of gross looking uh, crystals. Yeah. I just had, um, I know Tammy Hawks is someone that you were connected to. Oh yeah. Um, she was on here recently. Her episode is actually going to air after year. So this one will be before it, but um, she was talking about a lot of these and she had started talking about the David Hawkins scale. Are you familiar with uh, w like, the, it's basically to like the different Hertz frequencies measure um, to different emotional uh, standpoints. So shame, guilt, apathy, all measured really low in Hertz, like mm. 20, 50, 70. But then when you get up into love, joy, peace, they are up around like the five, six, 700 in the Hertz scales. So I, I looked into that quite a bit uh, coming into this conversation with you um, and just looking at some of those. And so like the resonant frequencies that go with those seem to be uh, kind of related to each other. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've not... I'm not specifically familiar with with uh, with that person, but I mean, I'm I'm definitely intrigued because it sounds really cool and right up my alley, and I also, you know, totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you I'll send you what I got on that one because I was looking at a few things, so I'll have to send you a couple of pages. Um, one thing I wanted to to mention that I thought was wild was looking at the whole the procession of the equinox. So the thing that I learned about that over the years was a lot of it ties into a lot of what you just said about how 
you know, thousands of years ago that we were potentially more advanced than we are right now. And, and doing some of the work that I did in my previous life, being someone who was involved in museums, I got to see a lot of stuff that like the public never got to see and oh, nice. got to talk to a lot of different, yeah, like I've held on to one of the, um, the clay tablets from Sumeria. Like I've seen so much cool oh, stuff wow. behind the scenes, man. <laughs> I'll, have to, really cool. I'll, I'll have to show you. I got some, <laughs> I got some crazy pictures and stuff. I was told never to tell anybody that I saw, but I'll have to tell you when I got you. And I've talked to scholars on some of this stuff too. And I've, I've actually heard some people say about how stuck in their ways that mainstream mm. um, education was like, especially at the secondary level that, you know, just like any science, they, they discover new discoveries about our past, but the people who teach aren't willing to bring that forward because it sort of like invalidates everything that they've taught all these people yeah. for 20 years, you know, that blows my mind that career ending information, right? Like major discoveries that people have come up with and discovered that changes the course of history, but people are too afraid to talk about it because, and I mean, too afraid it's, it's almost like their egos too much in the way because it almost disproves everything that they were supposedly an expert on all along. And that goes along with a lot of what you just talked about, about some of the ancient civilization stuff. Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's, there's the information is becoming put together on in better and better ways that make it totally just mind blowing that, that we ha aren't, aren't ready to accept that. Like one of the, one of the cool things about, about um, ancient civilizations is it seems that the further back you go in the ancient civilization, the higher the technology was, right. you know, and Nissim Herman posts a lot. I love his work. He posts a lot of stuff on his Facebook page in the, uh, in the, in the past year or so about all these ancient structures and how they were built. And, and a lot of times showing the, as a, a specific stone wall where the old section is on the bottom and it's immaculate and you can't even fit a piece of paper through it. And then there's a section above where it's kind of put together pretty good. And the section above that is just rocks with cement in between. Right. <laughs> and the, the older megalithic wall with blocks that are, that are massive and they're so finely put together. There's these, these little bumps, the way they, you know, they come up and they actually create a, a seam in a solid rock. And not only that, but they're puffed out like that they they were in some state of uh some some kind of soft state and they were pushed together and the and the rock actually bowed out and that's how they were able to get it so close that you can't even fit a piece of paper together and it's still together thousands of years later what's probably you know who knows how many thousands of years later um and i i think a lot of that stuff we're seeing some of it might be from those ancient civilizations, then I'm sure, you know, when those ancient civilizations, and a lot of it, there's, a, who knows, it's this is just speculation, but when, when those older civilizations crashed, we had the, we had, um, you know, uh, the fall in consciousness at the end of that section of the cycle. I'm sure that some of that high technology as we, as humanity started to lower in consciousness might've been used for nefarious means, which tends to happen. We might notice that have happened in our society one or two times. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you know, that those societies, those, um, those ancient civilizations, these mythical civilizations like Atlantis, it's like the most popular myth for ancient civilization, Atlantis and how 
it was destroyed and sank into the ocean and all uh, talking about how they did it to themselves. They actually blew themselves up, but there were also earth changes going on at the same time, I'm sure, because of, uh, because of the cycle that, that happens when the energy shifts like that. It doesn't just shift people. The planets are shifting as well. And there's the, all the flood myths from that time as well. But what, you know, the, um, what happened is basically the civilization got destroyed and then all these other civilizations, the one that the ones that we count as our um, our oldest civilizations on Earth, what, what we call you know the the earliest civilizations, are just the fragmented remains coming back together of these ancient civilizations, like uh, like ancient Greece and ancient Egypt and the Mayans and and all those stuff. You know, you you see a lot of how there's so many similar things just in architecture with the pyramids and the archways, the way they line up and and how they're so similar across the globe from societies, from civilizations that were supposedly never connected. And one good explanation for that uh, is that they were trying to rebuild something that was in their histories, knowledge that they still somewhat held onto for a period of time. You know, that's why the ancient technology and these civilizations seems to start high and, and then kind of dwindle off um, that as they got further and further away from the civilization that actually held that information, that information uh, started to dwindle away and we lost it. And, and you can see that reflected in our architecture, in, in the ancient architecture, um, the, way it, the way it kind of changed over time. And I also believe that things that came specifically from those ancient civilizations that are in our, our mythology, like the Ark of the Covenant, was probably tech, Atlantean technology, and I believe that there was more than one that survived. And you know, the famous story with with ancient Egypt and Moses actually taking it and bringing it through the desert. And there's a beam of energy that's coming up, and then they build a specific, a very specific encasement for it to in, enclose it so the energy is not blasting out everywhere. You know, at this point in our on our evolution of technology, we can start to probably see that as being some kind of energetic device and now, which um, then they would have seen it as something magical and you know something divine when really it was just yeah misunderstood yeah and, and maybe some of the ones that were actually taking care of it understood it and knew what it was from from older or older teachings all those ancient mystery schools and, and whatnot handing down the knowledge the general what's what do you think's the general consensus of of what happened back then was it kind of like what we're doing now i mean i feel like like right now unfortunately the way that our world is poised at each other we're like been on the brink of destroying ourselves for like almost 100 years now like is that mm. kind of what they think happened that they kind of just human nature they went at it and kind of destroyed their technology through, through um yeah i mean i think that they were overreaching and trying and, and moving into a space of greed and ended up destroying themselves by by you know overreaching it through greed which we see happening in the world right now yeah you know one of the things you said was about how the wall how the the one of the walls how they bulged outward and i remember seeing something about that i think it was nasim Haraman's uh, presentation where the stones looked like they were placed on top of each other like they were almost like in a molten state and they mm. they kind of held their shape but then they also kind of like formed these perfect like massive blocks that are like 15 20 feet tall and it then you know of course then I, the years went on 
they added to it. And one of the most famous things yeah. that sticks out of my mind is the Sphinx. Like the Sphinx, mm. obvious, like the head was the only thing sticking out of it. I think when the French army came across it and the head, when they uncovered the rest of the body, when you look at it proportionately, like the head is so small, like it was recarved yeah. out of what was there. And it just, it looks like it's off. And then the studies yep. that come out, the one thing that blows my mind is how they're discovering the watermarks that are on the Sphinx are upwards of maybe 13,000 years old, which still puts this at this same time frame of that this thing has been there far longer than the, the dynastic Egyptian period. But they recarved the head on this thing when the Egypt dynasty came to power because they just kind of said, yeah, look at this thing. And they carved the pharaoh's head onto this sculpture that was potentially there for thousands of years. But then I've yeah. also heard how scholars who are studying this thing have been kicked out of Egypt because some of these time frames go against some of their holiest writings. So they're like, yeah, we don't want to hear it. Get out of our country and stop studying this thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with all that stuff. And that comes back to the same thing. Humanity not being willing to shift because holding on, holding on to to the ways that things were and, you know, that being tied to livelihoods or religions or, or all that stuff. And it, it ends up ultimately, you know, I think ultimately causing more harm than good, killing forward progress. And um, I think that we're moving into a place where that stuff isn't going to be contained, you know, knowledge and technologies and, and all these other things that have been intentionally suppressed suppressed intentionally or just disbelieved who knows probably both depending on who's doing it i think as as we're shifting into the higher energy frequencies where we are right now all that stuff is is going to start coming to light and really it already is it's just not coming out of the mainstream yet but people are waking up people we are the ones that have the power we're the ones that can change this world you know there's all this stuff going on with um with and I don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole, but with the uh, the election and all that crazy stuff that's going on. And that is what it is. But I think that's just another symptom. That's just another symptom of this energetic change. And there's, there's all this agitation in the world. There's definitely massive division going on, some of which I see as intentionally manipulated. But some of it is just coming in because literally just like with somatics, those everything's starting starting to reorganize and it's not very comfortable and our thought patterns are shifting our level of consciousness is slowly opening up things that used to make sense aren't making sense anymore and some people are digging in and holding on to that others are are like that doesn't make sense this has to be what it is and other people are like no this has to be what it is and it's all <laughs> it's, it's all tied into the same thing things are just starting to open up and that that chaos is just a symptom in that the uh, the wobbliness of our societal structures like the voting system and and lots of other things are you know all this stuff coming to the surface about the way everything whatever you look at you when you look at how we've handled our food and things like monsanto and and all that stuff you know it's all starting to come come to the surface now and it's not like it, it just started going on it's just that people are becoming more aware of it and they're becoming more aware of it because they're starting to intuitively realize how things are out of tune because they're starting to feel a closer connection to what it could be like to be in tune. I think that is a, a, a large part of the shift. And hope I don't know if it's something that happens, you know, over a handful of years or a handful of 
decades or a handful of, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping it happens quick, but I don't know. It, it, you know, and it's like, how long has it been going on? It's like, um, it's like when, if, if it is photonic energy, think about when you're walking towards a light, you don't just like all of a sudden you're in the dark and walk into a room and snap, you're in light. You see that light coming in a long time. And then at some point you realize you're in light, but you don't just snap into it. And I think our consciousness shifts the same way. At some point, we're just going to start to realize, and it's probably, I think it's already happening that things aren't quite what they used to be. Consciousness is a little bit more expanded and it's not like it's something new because it's just something we have as an awareness. Now our awareness has shifted. It doesn't shift who we are at our core, but it shifts the information we have available to us on certain levels. And there's, and there's also, you know, just connected connection to, uh, to multidimensionality and being able to actually access higher dimensional information that way, which, which is another whole story. Lots of, if you think about how like 20 years ago, I had not even heard of channeling and there was, there was some really potent channeling information from back in like the seventies and early eighties, like the law of one and the Seth material. Yes. But as we move forward in time, channeling is just like blown up. And it seems like, like every fifth person person on Instagram is, is now a channeler. And that's cool. I'm not knocking it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that that's a symptom of our consciousness expanding. We're going to see more and more of that opening up and expanding in ways that we probably can't even predict same way we could have probably never predicted the channeling. And some of that is extremely viable information. Like if you're, if you're familiar with David Wilcock and the way he's dove, the way he, over the course of the wisdom teachings, I watched a lot of those a while ago. And, um, and that's what got me back into the law of one. Cause I was in a band called Ra. So I ended up discovering it that way. Um, Cause people asked if we were, named based on that, which we weren't, at least not consciously. But anyways, what was I talking about? Um, David but, Wilcock. Um, yeah, well, the law of one and and how that information is just so extremely potent. And that information, there was there was pieces of that that were that were not scientifically proven at the time, which have since become scientifically scientifically proven and accepted. You know, it's just really potent material. And, you know, I don't think all channel material is of the same level of intensity and integrity. And I don't think that's anybody's fault because we all have, uh, have our own egos and consciousness to filter through. And that law of one material was actually the lady Carla Rucker that channeled it was actually in a trance and it kind of came through that way. And, you know, channeling is, is interesting stuff. Um, some people are, I believe are truly are channeling, interdimensional, higher dimensional beings. And some people are channeling their higher selves, just higher, you know, the more connected aspects of them, of themselves. Well, I've heard a great way of that being explained because I'm of course a, a skeptic, like a lot of the things in some of the metaphysical circles are things I'm, I'm open-minded to anything and everything until it's either proven solid or completely disproven. So I'm open to it all. And Someone explained it to me when I kind of, I wasn't really thumbing down my nose on it, but I was kind of playing the devil's advocate on things. And mm -hmm. someone said, well, how does it, how does it make any less sense to think that a person who has a consciousness like we all do was 
for a moment tapping into another consciousness that it maybe just was not literally in a physical body. Your consciousness mm -hmm. came into your physical body because energy cannot be created or destroyed, it's just transferred. So your consciousness, your soul, whatever it is, had to have come from somewhere else and it's gonna go somewhere else. How is it any weirder that somebody might be able to tap into that for a moment or a brief, you know, a time period than you embodying the body you have right now? How is it any yeah. different? And I'm like, you know what? You got a really good point there. Yeah. But to go down yeah. to the the David Wilcock thing, I I watched, you know, he was on Gaia and he had a little bit of an ugly split when he left. He got really like conspiracy theory driven and mm -hmm. I was kind of like, you know, wow, how did you let that bother you so much? And, you know, this was kind of your your career. How did you go, you know, so far as to, to sort of let the conspiracy theory hole drag you down? But then I caught myself at a certain point, especially in the last couple of months with all of the election stuff and everything that's come out of it. And there's there is some evidence of voter fraud that had happened. And of course, you get super polarized. Like I've tried to stay completely independent. That's what I am. I'm not mm. Republican or Democrat, but you, you start do. you start to see certain things in certain directions. And you're not in a you're not in this like hardcore allegiance to either one of those sides. So you're just gonna tell it like you see it. So when you step from the outside and you look at things, you start to hear just all of the arguments and all of the conspiracy theories and you start to get dragged down those holes and i found myself going into such negative places on a day-to-day -day basis and saw it reflecting mm. in my outer world it reflected to the people that i work with who really look up to me in the role that i play in my full-time job but also know what i'm doing on the side so they'll come to me with different spiritual concepts and little things they've heard here and there that they're learning and all i'm talking about is this stupid election stuff and i could literally <laughs> see it like reflecting to everybody and Every time I have one of these conversations, I, I could just kind of see people's eyes like, wow, I didn't really think that you kind of went down these, you know, holes of getting roped into this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I just kind of did the David Wilcock thing where I let it <laughs> I let it get the better of me. I really did. Um, yeah. Not, and not to, you know, poo poo on David Wilcock. I think he's brilliant. He's did a lot of amazing research. Um, he mm -hmm. just happened to let the the conspiracy theory world really drag him down. He had an ugly split from Gaia over it. It was kind of uh, a heartbreaking thing to watch. Yeah, I'm only vaguely familiar with that. But I mean, I, I loved his first book, The Source Field Investigations. There's a lot of really great information in that. Yeah, and the, the the crazy synchronicity, I talk about this in the episode that you and I did last time about how I really ended up understanding a lot of the stuff that I understand now. I think almost all of my spiritual perspective came from the beginning parts of what I watched you when you transitioned away from doing the rock stuff with Raw and going into what you do and just watching some of the things you posted even really before you were into sound healing. Um, I was kind of like, wow, you know, what's Ben into? What are these things that he's posting? But I'd, I'd look, I'd listen, I'd dig a little deeper on my own own so i kind of attribute like me stumbling across raw then becoming pretty much my favorite band and then what you end up teaching and, and moving into yourself and then eventually down the road i made the connection with the the um the raw material the law of one that david wilcox studied mm -hmm. and some of the stuff in that like you said it was it was mind-blowing because back when they they it, that was channeled material i think it was like a group of people channeled different sources of this i think is what it was or well it was it was it was uh it, the core was i mean i think most of it was three people carla rucker was actually the channel she was she was in the trance and then there was jim asking the questions and then another guy who his name eludes me at the moment but yeah and it was like a it was like 
over a, a decent period of time too that they were pulling all this information and some of it like you said it was proven to be scientifically factual years and years and years later those are the things that blow my mind just like the i just recently did an episode on the seven hermetic principles and just like the law mm. of vibration like we just realized when we started smashing atoms together with the 14 billion dollar hadron collider that the that whoever came up with that like the, everything is vibration you know everything moves everything vibrates nothing rests that meant nothing to anyone until we really discovered it and then when we started smashing atoms we're like oh hey that that eight thousand dollar that eight thousand year old concept that we actually <laughs> talked about for all this yeah. time it was actually referring to something and the same comes with that law of one material and i thought it was amazing um especially some of the stuff they talk about with like uh they, they started asking some questions about jesus and stuff and it, that was mind-blowing i can't remember it verbatim mm -hmm. but some of the stuff they talked about in jesus was amazing and i think the law of the, the law of one material was specifically seeded into humanity to, to humanity at this time because we were starting to go through that change in that information the information of um of how we're all connected and you know um and basically you know being uh well i mean it's not even the law of one but if you look at every ancient every religion at the core of it seems to be based on kindness and compassion and um as you know as a religion grows it tends to become something else but i you know i believe that um the core, the, these higher frequency energies bring us more in tune with these, with things like kindness and compassion, because if the universe is a loving universe, that energy of love is probably something so completely different than what we attach to the word love with all of the relationship stuff and all that, which, you know, is not a bad thing, but I think it's just like completely different. We need a, a different word. And, you know, these higher frequency things are actually more in line with the true nature of the energetic makeup of the universe. And as we become more in line with that, that's why our consciousness expands and we stop, uh, hopefully stop killing each other and waging wars and living in greed and separation and start to realize the true connection of everything. Um, and... I don't even remember how that started, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, one of the one of the one of the little nuggets I always like pay attention to pop culture references and how little little nuggets of wisdom of spirituality and, and consciousness are sometimes thrown in there. And of course, the Matrix is like a huge one. The first one's you know got a ton of stuff in it, but even the whole mm -hmm. series they worked a whole bunch of things in there. And I remember there was one portion where it was like one of the programs in the Matrix was talking about. Um, love and I think it was Neo saying how he never heard a program speak of love and he's like no love isn't the word that you imply that it is it's the connection that the word implies and like light bulb went off as soon as I heard that I'm like so literally like the word is something we put on it like you know you love your kid you love your spouse you know but it's it's not so much an emotion it's the connection that the emotion implies and I'm like wow mm -hmm. that that like I've never let go of that definition of love i've let go of it as an emotion and thought of it as more of the the connection so i don't know for whatever that's worth yeah i agree yeah going back to the um the, the one thing i wanted to go before we move on to anything else too was the are you familiar with the dogons the dogon tribe oh yeah 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 i remember reading about that years they, ago they had 
they had knowledge of the procession of the equinox. I mean, do you know, do you know mm-hmm. much about it? To, to- um, I, I've, I, it's been years since I read about it. I, I, I can't place my finger on the exact, exactly what it is, but I just remember they had some information on, uh, on Sirius A and Sirius B, very yeah. specific information that they shouldn't have been able to have. And then I think I, pretty much, I, I think the story, like, yeah, it's pretty hazy to me too. So I was kind of hoping you remembered more than I did. Um, but yeah, the, I think the story behind like the part about Sirius A and B was they had, they knew that that bright star in the sky was actually two stars. And we didn't find that out for hundreds yeah. of years after we actually discovered the tribe, which that blew my mind. Yeah. Like, how do they and, know about this stuff? Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, if we truly did come from, come from the shards of uh, an ancient, highly advanced civilization that that got destroyed, you know, which Graham Hancock talks about that a lot. I've been meaning to read his books for years, but I never read one. Um, if, if we truly do come from there, then that knowledge might've been passed down. But I also do believe that we're being visited by, by, um, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, but not, you know, not just physical beings, but interdimensionally the same way that the people are channeling stuff. But, you know, I, I think all that stuff is, is going on and has been going on and it might've died down a little bit as we went through like what we needed to go through our humanity's own dark night of the soul that lasted for, for hundreds or thousands of years. But they seemed to, there seems to be a lot of information that's attributed to uh, to sky beings or whatever they call them in ancient older civilizations. And, and maybe these beings were coming in after the collapse of civilization to, to help try and rekindle this information to seed it back into humanity so that when we got back to the place that we were going, you know, got back to the end of the cycle again, that hopefully we could actually transcend and not experience a, a period of calamity and destruction. Which I think, you know, is something that's happening. We're we're moving into a space where we're actually going to transcend that cycle and move move out of it energetically. Um, but I think that we've had help along the way. What's crazy about the Dogons was they're they're sort of they're I don't know if you want to call it civilization, but like their their formation of a tribe as far as like how long they lasted. I think it was they had history that went back about two thousand years, but to track the procession of the equinox, you'd have to be in constant observation for 26,000 years. So well, now it's only to see it once. <laughs> that's to see it one time. That's just to yeah. say, hey, wait a minute. It's, yeah, it's not even a pattern. Like, hey, wait a minute. Like, you know, you can definitely notice that the moon has phases. You know, every month it goes back to the beginning. And, you know, even even the stars in the sky between the, uh, you know, the uh, solstice between the summer and the winter. Like, eventually, after a certain amount of years, you're going to realize, like, hey, the sun set over there. And now it's over here. And in, you know, six more yeah. months, it's going to be back over there again. But to have this cycle that lasts 26,000 years and have this civilization that knew about that cycle when it takes just 26,000 years to observe at one time and that civilization was only 2000 years old like that doesn't match up that that blows my mind yeah yep it's, there's there's a lot of really potent information out there like that just you can't quite you know it's it's unquestionable something something else is going on whatever that something is there's the, the accepted narrative is not 100 percent accurate you know something something else has been going on and has been going on for for a long long time 
And there's so many stories out there of people who have like had interaction with, they've seen UFOs, they've had interactions or whatever, but everybody thumbs down their nose. You can call them names or whatever. But 2020 has been so literally off the wall that it's in the yeah. New York Times and an article in July <laughs> with our with our Pentagon officials admitting we have off-world vehicles that were not made of this earth and no one literally batted an eye at it. Like it didn't make headlines. I know. <laughs> I, I remember. Believe that. I, yeah, I was, I was kind of shocked about that too when it came out. I was like, wow, this is actually out. And there was something recently. Did you see the thing recently about the um, someone from a, a higher position? And I was that I, I don't remember exactly where it was, I should know, but my brain's drawn a blank, of uh, talking about how that we are um, in uh, contact with extraterrestrials that are a galactic federation. And, and, and I, yeah, that's this is much as I remember at the moment, but I didn't that, that just one. came out. And that was on mainstream media as well. No way. You know, not like, uh, but yeah, that was, that was very recently within like uh, the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we, I was sitting in a, it actually was like one of the sort of like you get into an administrative meeting and everybody's just kind of sitting there waiting to get settled and people are just talking about how crazy the world is and there's been this headline and this headline. I'm like, yeah, this world, this, this year has been so wacky that they literally admitted in the New York Times that they have vehicles <laughs> that weren't made on earth. And someone looks at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, go look it up yourself. It's, it was literally yeah. on the front page of the New York Times and it was a Pentagon official saying, yeah, we have these things. We've had them for a long time and we have no idea where they came from. Uh, they yeah. uh, they got them on video is what they, what it was and they kind of like thumbed down their nose at me and later on someone's like they came up to me in, in the hallway and was like hey I looked that up you were right how did no one no one know about this I'm like that's just 2020 I guess I don't know yeah all the other stuff going on people are people are too distracted it's just more important to uh to to yell at each other over voting and whatever else and people else. are disagreeing about <laughs> I guess but it's amazing though because I feel like there is this huge thing where there is so many more people waking up and absolutely it, there was some sort of a, um, I don't even know if you call him like a prophet, but someone who did say something about how there would be an information avalanche and a ton of people would wake up from it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're starting to see those, those first balls of snow falling. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, with all that's going on, there's so much chaos and all these systems are starting to wobble and people are starting to see through them and grasping and all different reactions to it. Ultimately, you know, ultimately, like I said, it's all symptoms of this shifting that's going on, these higher energies that are coming in, affecting our consciousness, affecting on all levels, on a vibrational level, which is the core of our being on every level. And ultimately, the, the best thing that we can be doing for ourselves is simply raising our vibration, bringing ourselves more in tune to the higher frequencies so that we can be more receptive to these higher frequencies. It's probably not going to, you know, we, we all still have plenty of denser energies that need to be released to, to be released. But I think bringing ourselves in tune is raising our vibration as much as we can um, will most certainly help this along significantly, you know, doing that on an individual level with meditation practices and yoga practices and coming to sound events and um, getting energy work like Reiki and polarity and just being in gratitude and being in nature. Those are, those are some of the most potent and easily accessible ways and not allowing ourselves to just get 
stuck in the density, the denser energies, all the chaos and all the anger and the fear and the separation, allowing ourselves to reconnect in gratitude. And that is um, the most important thing we can be doing right now, doing that on an individual level. But also if we can come together and do that, I think that's even more powerful. Because I think one of the things we talked about last time on the podcast was the meditation effect. Yes. And that is basically... Another symptom of people coming together are amplifiers. You know, when we come together, two and two people have a, a greater energetic output than the one in the one put together. And as you build people exponentially, the power of that grows. And, you know, when we come together and raise our vibration together, it's, it's uh, really powerful and can actually make most definite, definitive shifts in the world. I've, I've seen that firsthand. You know, it can be pretty amazing. And then all these wonderful synchronicities start happening. And that's just, you know, showing you how you're on the right path. And, and those seem to happen when you're in those spaces connected to the connected to the higher frequencies in tune, whatever you want to call it. Um, synchronicities start happening and things start opening up and pathways become more available. And then, uh, you know, your consciousness starts to open a little bit more and other information starts to find its way. And it's, it's that avalanche effect, like you're, you were talking about. That's, I think that's what it is. And I've, I've found that it's important, like I said, to turn off the media, to get out of those conversations. It's hard because I'm in politics. So it's, it's a oh, challenge. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's hard to turn it off sometimes, but then on the flip side, it's really just not, you don't have to engage. You don't have to constantly try to feel like you have to win a, a battle mm. or fight. But I mean, from you, I wanted to ask you this question on this episode, because I feel like I'm in the role of a bit of a teacher, like I'm at least in the role where I want to tell people a lot of the stuff that I learn, have conversations mm. like you and I have. And it's hard because sometimes you try and like drop a truth bomb on somebody about something, just no matter <laughs> what it is, like you try and just tell them like certain things in your food are no good, or you got to do this. And then you know, they come right to you and just completely disregard everything that you, you try to tell them. Do you find yourself, I don't know, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it being frustrated because it's more of like a heartbreak. Like you feel like almost kind of bad for the person that they're not just not listening to readily available information and just going with the unnatural patterns of life. But do you ever find yourself kind of in that mode where it falls on deaf ears? Is this just me? Like, I mean, it's, it's definitely not just you. Um, my experiences throughout my life have always been really odd. And I'm sure a lot of people have had a lot of odd experiences and we just are trained not to share them with each other. But I've, I've always come from a perspective of a, a different perspective tuned more towards higher energetic stuff. And really what was from, and it was a really lonely place, you know, back when I was in my late teens and I started devouring and anything I could find on this kind of information, which was so hard to find, like I, compared to what I can access at my fingertips in a second, even if I don't know what I'm looking for yeah. these days. Um, so even though people aren't necessarily waking up yet, there is so much going on. So many people are waking up. There's so much information out there that just wasn't readily available even, even um, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and people are, are shifting their views. And it's, you know, it, that's also creating a lot of the chaos because what do we believe anymore? You know, I, I think that that's okay, you know. And I don't think, I, I try 
I, I intentionally try not to red pill people unless they're like open to it and asking for it. And that's just me, you know, I, some people may need it, but I feel like I don't want to do that. Um, one, because I hate confrontation. <laughs> and uh, two, because, you know, if, if I, I feel like if someone's consciousness isn't ready for that, it's it's it could be kind of rude. Um, and that's just me from my perspective where I'm at. And I'm not preaching that at all as a way to be. That's just the way I function in my way of being. Um, but, you know, so having been through that long experience of, and I don't normally like talking about it this because it seems like it always feels like it's coming, like it could be perceived as coming from a place of ego. Like I was awake so long ago, you guys don't even know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it was a really lonely experience and it was really hard to find any information and just the feeling like a slave on this planet it was such a dark place to be in as a teenager, just not being able to find anything to connect with. And that is not the case. As soon as someone's ready to wake up to these days, there's so much information about there. There's so many communities that are ready to go, readily available right there. So it's a completely different place. And I'm really optimistic after having the experience of, of that in my teenage years into my early 20s um, before just shutting it down and giving up and just only focusing on on music and ambition for for a decade um, and then coming back to it after coming back to it after and finding all this information out there and all these communities that are popping up and that's only going to grow you know there's a lot to be optimistic about within this chaos and I think the chaos is actually even good as well because it's those people that you want to red pill that might not be ready for it, they're going to be ready for it pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> when all when all this stuff keeps building and all the the energy keeps coming in and, and shifting things and creating even more chaos and sh- and systems, the systems that we have in place are just going to be seen for um, things that need to be changed more and more without taking it into any place negative. Um, so really, you know. To answer your question in a really roundabout way, I'm extremely optimistic because I see so much positive change that has happened in the world over the past 25 or so years. Just all this information is out there, easy to access, hard to hide. You know, there's a lot of censorship going on right now, but it's just because it's censored in, in certain places doesn't mean you can't find it somewhere else right it's impossible that you know that cork has been pulled and that information is out there and with the way we are all connected these days it's it's there you just might have to dig for it a little bit more than than if it was just plopped down onto you onto you on your favorite social media platform that you use all day I tell you what kind of scares me as I heard someone talk about this was, you know, we get to the point where, you know, we're we definitely have a good level of technological advancement going for the world. But, you know, compared to what could have been out there, and what likely was there that built some of these things that we can't even do today mm-hmm. with our modern technology. It's like there's there's not a lot for records from those times. And if you think of where our digital age has left us, everything is all digital. So if something happened mm-hmm. to our technology with all of our knowledge on it right now. What would happen? I mean, yes, we have the books, but books will deteriorate over time as well, unless they're well preserved. Like, yeah, 
you can kind of see how this information would get lost if you had everything riding on technology and it just wasn't carried forward with the ages and it took time to to bring it back up or it was reserved for the the elite and powerful who kept it locked under high uh, lock behind doors under locking key like the vatican does right now and they're you know 30 foot thick walls or whatever they have they have so yeah. much in their vaults you know that none of us get to see the light of day but um it's amazing to think that that's kind of like where our world could go now if something ever went went down and all of our information would be kind of lost it'd be in just yeah, the minds of people um you know part of me thinks that in these ancient civilizations maybe they figured out ways to preserve information that are so advanced that they might look commonplace you know like storing information in crystals or in geometric structures and stuff like that 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 once you lose the inform once you lose the ability to access that information you lose the ability to access the information but it's still there and there's there's stuff out there about that which who knows but you know that's that's possible maybe even plausible because as we as we're moving into as our we're cycling up as well where we're at right now and technology has been ramping up hardcore in some ways um tech technology has been vastly moving forward you know with our, with our microchips our computers getting smaller and smaller microchips getting smaller and smaller and you know getting into quantum computing and all this crazy stuff that's going on well at the same time the things that are really profitable that you have to burn specific things to get that you you know that people are making lots of money off of maybe those technologies are being stuck with us because well some of the greedy ones are making lots of money off that yeah and you know you've probably heard the stories of all of these uh, energy technologies that have been suppressed over the years and it seems like that's that stuff's coming up more and more and more, you know, as as I, we're cycling up in our into this energetic change, that stuff is going to keep popping up over and over and over again. And eventually it the uh, free energy technology won't be able to be contained. And that feels like it's getting close. And at the same time, the stuff that hasn't been under lock and key and suppressed intentionally, if you choose to believe that, you know, um, but do your own research because there's definitely lots of info out there about that. Um, but just the immense changes in our computing technology has, you know, have ramped up, you know, for thousands of years, our technological climb was like this. And now it's pretty much like this, just straight up, <laughs> straight up and doubling at a constant rate. And, you know, there's, there's cool, I, I can't remember specifically but the, the rate it doubles, but it's impressive the amount that our technology has been doubling. And as we are able to loose, loosen up our grip, our grip on these belief systems that, you know, are uh, held in place through greed and through uh, the need to hold on to a job, people not willing to let go of the way things are for them and the way they've been taught them, because that's the way they teach them in their whole career is that's a linchpin on it. Um, as we are able to move away from that, we'll be able to shoot forward across all levels at, at that same trajectory, I think, you know, and I see that already starting to happen. But again, I, I think, you know, we're just, we're just getting into this change. I think, you know, we're just starting to become aware on a larger scale that there's even something happening. And at this point, no matter what you believe it is, I think most people agree that something's happening. <laughs> I think everybody can see that. You look at the the 
not just technology, but the same curve is going on with consciousness, I feel like too, because there are so many people who are understanding so much. I mean, if, if mm. you go back 10 years yep. and talk to me about some of these concepts, I would have had no idea what you're talking about. And even if you went back a few years, I would have had some of the beginning portions, but the amount of people who have either heard things that I've said and followed along and then come to me and teach me things like you're getting people who are opening doors for others and then they're becoming the teachers. So you're, you have this, this huge momentum of movement coming in that section too. And I feel like just like our technology is skyrocketing in this upward trajectory. So is, so is people's consciousness and awareness of just so many different spiritual concepts and concepts of things that have happened in the past and where we are as a species, where we are in, in, um, spirituality and consciousness. I just think that that's flying high, just like, like technology is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's all symptoms of the changes going on and it's all connected and it's all part of the avalanche. Like you, like you said, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's already starting. It's already well started. I was going to say how much is yet to fall. Who, who knows? <laughs> it's exciting. Like it, it can be a scary time if that's the energy you put into it, but can also be a very exciting time because people are going to, they're going to look at a lot of the bad things that are still to be exposed, I'm sure. And they're going to start to be like, mm -hmm. yeah, this isn't, this isn't how I want to live my life. If they're not already there, they're going to start to pull away from those systems, which will make them crumble. Um, you know, that that's kind of exciting to see some of those things. And, and eventually we're going to have to shift away from creating combustion, burning things for our energy and move into some of the things like what Tesla was already trying to give the world back you know, yeah. 100 years ago. But those things are going to have to come around for us to survive. Otherwise, we're going to run out like the, the things we use have a very finite supply. We're going to run out. So it's exciting to see where the future is going to potentially take us. It's just there could be a lot of pain and growth that happens between now and then. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah, we're already stepping into the pain and growth, but yeah, I, I mean, with these higher energies coming in, I, it, I feel like all this stuff that's coming to the surface that people can get in fear about and depressed about, it's not new. It was already there. The fact that you're aware of it now is means things are changing. And the fact that things are ch changing means we're, we're starting to take some steps in a positive direction. If we were still oblivious and nothing was changing, then it would be a different story. I mean, maybe you were happier. Maybe we were all happier when we were oblivious. We, we all go through that period where we're like, oh, my God, this is what's going on with, with whatever it is that we discover about some of the things that may or may not be going on. Um, but, you know, ultimately, the fact that it's all coming to the surface is amazing. You know, it, it's it might be horrible and disgusting to see some of these things, but it was already there. I, yeah. I would much rather know about it and get it to the light of day so that we can we can become aware of it and ultimately transmute it. And I think the energies are actually doing that. Keep keeping to come back to that. But literally, these higher frequency energies are coming in and um finding their way to these denser energies and separating them like oil and water, you know, and all these things are just coming to the surface and there they are. They're horrible and disgusting. And we're all in a state of fear and panic. And the media says we should prepare for imminent destruction. And, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it's not true. I think really good things are happening. But how is that any different from the last 20 years? I mean, you remember, you remember Y2K and you know, everything that's happened oh, yeah. ever since then. It was like, it's, just, it's always something, you know, it was, it was the, the 2012 calendar. And now there's been all these like, Oh, the, the 2012 calendar was screwed up. The mind calendar was screwed up. It wasn't 2012. It's actually 2020, you know? So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll find out next week, but hopefully uh, that one's just going to be <laughs> another day that comes and goes. And we have a great, uh, conjunction to to view up in the sky we see those two planets come together and we have ben's sound healing thing the day before which we can talk about in a minute because you mentioned about you know raising your vibration and i wanted to ask you that question was you know what what are typical things we talk about that all the time of keeping yourself in a higher state and i bring gratitude in all the time into conversation mm -hmm. on the podcast and what you know what are some of the things that people can do in this world in 2020 the state that we're living in what are some things people can do to keep themselves riding as high as possible because it's it's some of those concepts and really it's metaphysical philosophy but it's also proven scientific fact that like attracts mm -hmm. like it's it's some of the universal laws and if you're you're vibing high those things are likely to continue to build momentum and come to you more how can people stay there um well i i and i talked about this briefly a little while back but um meditation daily meditation practice um getting out in nature just connecting to the earth are, are really potent but in gathering with groups of like-minded people that you're not gonna argue with and maybe avoiding the touchy topics yeah. um are, are some easy ways but you know and then other things like for me sound has always been the most potent um potent thing before i ever even was dreaming of being a rock star in a rock band and writing songs. I was playing s sounds and, and journeying on the sounds I was creating. And that's, that was basically my whole experience and why I, I created music. And then you get to the point where if you want to make a living doing it, people tell you to write songs and that whole thing. And I think we, we talked about all that in our last podcast. Cause, cause I shared my whole story, but um, for me, sound has been really potent. And uh, when I got out of that period, that phase of life where I was, you know, living on a tour bus and living the crazy rock star lifestyle, I, uh, that was one of the things I started doing. I started connecting with my voice again as a musical instrument. And uh, I started gathering different means of creating vibration sonically. Uh, and I, I discovered singing bowls. I had native frame drums and rattles and tincture cymbals and all these different things. And and uh you know the singing bowls are the the thing that really stuck but sound is so potent because it, it literally for a number of reasons one because it affects us physically the sound can come in and actually move things around and shake things up um but also on a uh, on a conscious level on a on a level of consciousness the sound can actually entrain us to different brain states we're able to access deeper parts of ourselves connect to parts of ourself that are uh, maybe hidden behind the veil of our third density being and able, you know, to heal ourselves and able to uh, access different information. And, you know, sound is so potent for so many people. And I'm not even just talking about sound healing with that statement. You know, there's, there's something magical about sound that's been used for years as a way to kind of liberate people and bring joy you know the way led zeppelin can to you know driving around with your windows open in the spring when it's first warm out cranking some zeppelin that can be just as joyous as laying down and experiencing singing bowls 
Um, and, but I mean, you get the picture, but yeah, sound is really, really potent for, for me, you know, that's the most potent thing. And I know it's very potent for a lot of people, which is how I ended up doing what I was doing. I, I was just doing it for myself at first. Um, and then, you know, kind of get guided or kicked in the butt by the universe to start doing it for other people. <laughs> um, so yeah, sound is a really powerful one. And obviously that's my biggest cause that's what I do and that's who I am. But, you know, energy work like Reiki, I've, I've gotten, I've, I've received Reiki a lot. And I, I, uh, I, I used to actually do Reiki work. I kind of moved away from that when I really stepped into doing the sound work a lot more often because it just seemed more potent for me personally in polarity and uh, spiritual conversation. You know, just doing what we're doing now can actually opens things and things start to shift over time. When you open up and you start to share parts of yourself that are connected to these energies in ways like ideas that you're starting to have, that opens doors. You know, I've, I've seen that happen and you probably have experienced that just by doing what you're doing now with the podcast. Oh yeah. Things, things start just opening up and lining up in ways that are a little too coincidental to be just a coincidence and all the synchronicities start happening. And, you know, just that, open connection is, is extremely potent. Yeah. The coincidence and synchronicities, I mean, those things, once I've kind of started paying attention to them over the last few years, they just, they ramp up to the point where they're kind of laughable. Even somebody that works <laughs> yeah. in the office with me, the guy that kind of works uh, side by side with me, even he sees like the number of things. If I go to buy a coffee and the price comes right up on the, on the screen and stuff, he'll start laughing too. Cause it constantly comes up. Um, yeah, those things, they just, it, it makes you, it gets you kind of a nudge to say, Hey, you're, you're on the right track or pay attention or, or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, this, this whole effort of what I've done is I feel like a great example to anybody else. Like, I don't care if the podcast gets any bigger than it already has if far, as far as it's made it and the things that I've experienced, the great conversations I've had, if it were to end in this episode, um, you know, I would have, wouldn't regret a single minute of doing it, but I've used it as an example to everybody. Like this terrified the living hell out of me to do this. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a huge growth edge, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I've had so many people say like, I, you know, not only do I enjoy it, but it seems like it's natural for you. It seems like you're a happier, different person over it. And I'm like, well, if you have that thing in your life, go for it as well. And it, this is what being in alignment looks like and getting yourself in alignment comes in so many different forms, whether you're doing sound healing, whether you're just listening to your favorite music, like you said, on a, on a spring day, I'll drive on days where I'm not feeling it. I'll make sure that I turn off whatever podcast I was listening to, whatever YouTube video I was trying to, to learn something from, and I'll just blast my favorite music, you know, as loud as I possibly can. And I'll realize that whatever it was that was sort of dragging me down that day isn't there. And I, I don't know how many people who can say that doesn't hold true for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's my experience with sound is the same as your experience with, with your podcast and opening up and, and having conversations on a deeper level. And yeah, it's really liberating and, it, and all these other doors start happening. That's why I, I always encourage people to, if you have that thing, even if it scares you or especially if it scares you, I was, I was horrified of doing what I do now in front of people. I was doing it for quite a while by myself. I never planned on doing it with anybody else. <laughs> um, but once I did, you know, things and I, I had a lot of guidance and a lot of synchronicities and people telling me I should be doing that and things pointing in that direction. 
and for a long time I ignored it. And that's another whole story. But um, once you step into that, it's amazing how things just kind of line up, open up the path is boom, there's the road. Like it's, it's like when you find that thing that works for you and maybe it won't work forever, but in that moment, you know, we're constantly evolving, but in that moment, that's like, there's no other feeling. It's just like, forward movement, doors opening, things lining up, synchronicities happening, and it's the most amazing thing in the world. And no matter what it is that causes that, it's probably going to be something that's a little scary because it's something that you're, you want to do on a deep level, but your conscious mind, the programmed mind is saying, you can't do that. That's not a thing. People don't do that. People ridicule you, all that. You know, these, these are all the thoughts I had. Yeah, um, same here. Because, you know, we've been trained that we have to stick within certain parameters or otherwise we're weirdos. But I think at this day, in this day and age, you know, there's so many people that are opening up. There's there's so many platforms that are ready to be had that, you know, it's it's time to do it. You know, what do you got to lose? And it's not as painful. The, the most painful thing about anything like that is always thinking about it. Actually doing it is usually pretty enjoyable. <laughs> it is. And when you, I mean, you're actually doing it, you're not thinking about it. <laughs> it's true. So you'll feel better. <laughs> it's true. And I mean, what's worse when you're living a life that you don't feel fully, fully fulfilled in? Is it worse sitting there and looking at the what ifs and completely ignoring them um, because of a state of fear or moving on the what ifs and people think that you're, you're weird or whatever? Um, you know, does it really matter? Like, would you rather stay in your sort of unfulfilling life for the sake of having people that probably their opinion doesn't really matter in your growth <laughs> anyways to stay there? Like I had to come to that realization as well. Cause I had recorded a, yeah. quite a few episodes of this and told no one about it at first. And then, you know, eventually I just let it out there because I'm like, no, this is, this is actually, uh, it's enjoyable and it's something that I'm, I'm resonating with at this time in my life. So doing good things on good that, vibes. on that note, how has the uh, has the experience with Raw coming back into your life a little bit? Has that been? I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you had a video for the first time in almost twenty years that you filmed, and um, you know the song seems like it's doing. Um, you know the song seems like it's doing good. I get in my car the other day, and there it is on on Octane on on XM. It was kind of crazy, but nice. how has that been as far as uh, stepping back into that world a little bit? Um, I mean, and I have not been as hands-on as I've been in the past, but filming, filming the video was, was great. You know, just being with those guys, the guys in the band, it's, it's back to the original, the original four of us. Um, and it's, it's basically like family, you know, with family, no matter what, where you're at, whether or not anybody needs to be red pilled, you can normally get together and have a really good time just because there's so much history there and just good vibes from the past. And that tends to carry through. And so, you know, getting together with those guys, we were just in uh, Arizona. We filmed uh, a video, two videos out in uh, out in Arizona and just being together for, for that. Um, we, we all rented we rented an Airbnb and all stayed in the same house together. And yeah, it was it was a good experience. Just just hanging just like like the past 18 years never happened. All right. <laughs> Right. I mean, it hasn't been 18 years, but that's when our first album came out 18 years ago. 
So on your more on your more recent adventures, you've got your big sound healing coming up the day before the solstice, which is one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on today, so that we could talk about that, get people aware of it, um, because I think it's really important with especially you know that time frame, like I said, between a week between now and the the eclipse is happening, and then uh, that next week, um, I feel like it's a lot of time for people to to really get in alignment and close out this year and try and start anew with some of the things that they've learned from this experience and um you know tuning into your sound healing so i know what do you want to tell us about what you have going on this sunday um well i mean i i picked that day in particular because i i I knew the eclipse was happening and then the the great conjunction was happening and this is definitely a period coming into the close of 2020 probably the most chaotic period in just about everybody's life at least to a certain degree um I wanted to do it the day before the eclipse, which I kind of see as the, the culmination of this energy coming in from this specific small, tiny stretch of, of time anyways. So you get, I wanted to have the uh, the sound event on the 20th the night before to help people to, to release uh, any denser energies and, and anything that can be released and just come into a space, raise vibration, come together as the virtual group that will be. And... Um, kind of raise our vibration up so we can, like we've been talking about, raising vibration to me being the most important thing we can do right now so that we can get ourselves up to, we can, so that we can actually access a greater portion of these energies that are coming in. Cause I have no idea what to expect from, from the, the grant, the, the, the conjunction of, you know, I mean, it's not like it's just popping in. It's been slowly moving together over a period of time. Um, but I, uh, I wanted to, to help people to set up for the solstice to be able to take in as much and hold as much of that energy as possible. And, you know, I, and kind of a side note, I also think that's why it's a good idea to do regular work on raising your vibration. And I've talked about this in the past of use this analogy of like a house plant. When you have a house plant and you don't water it, um, for, for a good amount of time and it's all wilted and then you dump a bunch of water in or you get a torrential downpour and it just pours through. It gets refreshed, but it doesn't hold a lot of it. A lot of it just washes through. Um, but if you have a, a plant with a healthy root system and it's, and, it's, and it's thriving, it will take that water and hold it and work with it for a period of time that it just can't. And I feel like raising our vibration is the same effect. You know, if we're not doing it regularly through any way, I don't care if you're coming to my sound events or doing whatever works for you, and especially doing it with other people coming together in groups and really amplifying it, you're going to be able to hold that to a much greater degree, work with that energy for a longer period of time. And, um, yeah, and that is really why I do what I'm doing. I've, I've been aware and working on a greater and greater understanding of the shifting for for quite a while and to me that's for me personally that is the the most thing in service that i could be doing is allowing helping people to come together which is why i do pretty much exclusively group work so we can get that amplification of energy coming together and people that do it regularly benefit from from having that root system to be able to hold that torrential downpour when it comes through some kind of event like a uh, a great conjunction or an ecl- or a solar eclipse or a massive solar flare <laughs> if that ever happens who knows um 
and just the constant upcycling of energy anyways make it make it an easier integration and um yeah so whatever the question was there's the answer because i have no <laughs> idea what i'm talking about <laughs> so your sound event and now you've changed everything so they're no longer on facebook so you've got everything is oh, it yeah. on, on your website and everything which is i'm totally excited about yeah it's on uh, it's on my my uh, website now and it's still a work in progress but it's off facebook on my own website and uh, i'm i'm actually i'm actually building more things behind the scenes but yeah i'm excited to have it actually take place on my own website and self-sustain and get it off of a facebook group and i was using facebook and not zoom or anything else because they um fortunately or unfortunately um were the uh, had the best audio quality um in a place where i could you know keep it contained as an event um but now I'm uh, I'm able to do it on my own website, and I'm excited about that, and working on more things tied in with that. So, where should people go if they want to tune in this Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern? There is lots of info out there. There's info on that um, and tickets on my my new storefront website, InnerSelfSustained.biz. And my, my main platform that I've had for, for ages where the event will actually take place, InnerSelfSustained.com. Um, so if you just find, inner, if you just search for Inner Self Sustained, it'll bring up either the website or the, uh, or the Facebook or, the, or any of that stuff, which will bring you to wherever you need to be to find the information on that. But Inner Self Sustained is the place to be. <laughs> and that's this Sunday, December 20th, 2020 at 4 p.m., correct? Yep, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. I will be there. I have cleared my calendar for that day and the following day. I'm going to take a little bit of a of a holiday break and nice. kind of get myself into yeah. into the relaxing mode and and start off that week on that day, uh, hopefully refreshed and whatever comes that day. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the the sound healing event and uh they just keep getting better ben i gotta say i've, I've been to the first ones that you did online I, I managed to squeak one in right before the world shut down looking forward yeah. to you getting back out there at some point whenever this whole thing is uh is done and over with but um the online events just keep getting better so congratulations thank you yeah it's been uh been my my 2020 project for sure dove right in as soon as because you know one week i had all these events booked and the next week they were all canceled Back in March, yep. Um, yep. The the online events have been phenomenal, well received. I've been incorporating different elements as I'm building and buying more gear, adding binaural beats and synth pads, along with you know all the other stuff that I was putting before singing bowls and so. And there's there's like limited limitless possibility too. Like as as far as I want to grow with it, I can. Exciting future. <laughs> yeah, and like I've shared with you, um, I have one of those Muse headbands and I've never seen the brainwave readouts that go on that headband other than when I've been doing some of your sound events. It's it's something that never comes up. So whatever whatever that means, that being said, um, you know, something's obviously different going on there with, and I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a seasoned meditator every single day, sometimes twice a day, at least a half an hour and, uh, something different happens during your event. So, yeah, I mean that, that, that stuff you shared with me was just, just fascinating. It's yeah. Really it's cool. crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely grateful to, to just have the opportunity to, to do that. And I've he heard so many positive reactions from people like beyond positive, like 
humbling. <laughs> it's 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 wonderful, and you know, and you know, and, and as far as you know, you doing what you're doing that especially, you know, attributing me to actually putting you on this path. Like, that's so awesome. And like another thing that's completely humbling. And I'm so happy to see you in your element doing something that's exciting to you. So really cool. Congrats. And I'm, Thank I'm you. excited to be a part of it. I'm really happy I was able to do this again the second time. First repeat yeah. guest. Well, yeah, first, first repeat guest. I don't know. We'll have to do something like whenever, whenever you, uh, yeah, whenever, whenever you make it on there, like the five timers club for SNL, we'll have to get you like a jacket or something. <laughs> no, we'll def we'll definitely do this again. Cause I mean, there is so much more to talk about and stuff and, um, definitely want to get into like, uh, I don't know if there's just so many different things that I, we've, we've discussed things I've seen you out there as well that i mean there's just hours worth of this kind of stuff that we could discuss i definitely am looking forward to having you on again in the future yeah thank you so much really 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 grateful and uh this has been a great conversation regardless of anything else it's good to just hang out and talk absolutely <laughs> thank you a huge thanks to my friend ben for taking time out of his busy schedule to stop by and have this conversation with us if you want to check out ben's event this sunday december 20th 2020 Go to InnerSelfSustained.com or InnerSelfSustained.biz to get tickets for the event, but all the links will be in the show notes. And if you want to check out the work that Ben is doing with Raw, you can go to RawBand.net and check out their new video, Intercorrupted. You'll know Ben in the video. He probably has the most enlightened fight scene you'll ever see in any music video or any movie, so go check that out as well. But get yourself in a good state for December 21st, the solstice. To me, that really is the new year. The sun starts to head back north for us in the northern hemisphere. Days start to get a little bit longer. And we should really take stock in everything we've been through this year and everything we can incorporate into the next phase of our lives. And no better way to do it than with everything that we discussed in the episode today. So join us. We'll see you next time. Keep living. Yeah.